to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach and surprise surprise czar's not here today come on czar what are you like oh for 17 now something like that i think those are the right statistics i mean i'm no mathematician but you know not the crap on czar right now or anything but i'm pretty sure his parents are on the pod more than he is <laughs> shout out to czar's parents they actually just became patrons so we're gonna give them the formal shout out at the first episode of next month but yeah what the hell man yeah we'll let him fill you guys in but uh he's got every reason to miss he's got so many life events happening in a short amount of time and um he's like can i just have a breather and we're like heck yeah dude breathe a little bit so <laughs> no worries we just we crap on him because we love him wait you love him well you know he's a good guy he's, he's a good dude <laughs> we'll agree to disagree anywho's <laughs> damn when he's not here we really roast that guy <laughs> Is it because we're scared of him in real life? And it is because we're scared of him in real life. We've seen his room. He's got some scary posters. Oh, God. It, yeah, he really does. I mean, what else could you expect from a guy whose favorite game is Alice Madness Returns? I mean, holy shit. Gosh, the uh, detail he gave, and he was just so giddy about it. And I was like, oh, my God. All right. He really was. <laughs> texted JP, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted back, JP is no longer here. <laughs> JP, you want to give the viewers a rundown of what we're uh, what we're doing today? Yes, absolutely I do. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Mafia 2 Definitive Edition that was recently released. We're going to be talking about the amazing sales for Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Switch Lead the Pack. <laughs> Tricked you with that one. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some development news for Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. We have some more news for The Last of Us Part 2. We're going to be talking a little bit about Marvel's Iron Man VR, the demo trailer. And finally, we're going to be talking a little bit about where Platinum Games stands with Xbox. And I think that'll about do it besides the games that are coming out this week. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, Zach is already pumped up for that. And if you haven't been listening, you'll find out why later. I'll give Zach, I'll give you all the time you need, buddy. I promise. How much are you going to cut out, though? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, um, JP, since this one's not even on the Switch, can I crap on it? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. All right. Family, as the Mafia would say. No, JP, can you do that? Can you do like a good Mafia ex expression? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Howdy, y'all! You come- No, that's not right. I'm gonna give him an offer. I can't refuse. That was pretty good. That was definitely better than mine. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're, we're not impressionists. We're not gonna lie about that. Yep. <laughs> All right, so Mafia 2, it came out in the Mafia, like, Definitive Edition, and basically it's unplayable on consoles due to constant frame rate issues. So that's pretty much what I'm getting out of this. We got this article off of GamingRoot.com. 
Um, a little bit of the article here. 2K recently released Mafia Trilogy Definitive Edition, which includes a Mafia 1 remake, Mafia 2 remaster, and Mafia 3. Mafia 1 remake is releasing in August, but now let's talk about the frame rate issues on Mafia 2 remaster. You can't drive cars properly, there are a ton of frame rate issues while driving, and the controls have input lag as well. That's kind of like a three strikes and you're out kind of thing, right, JP? I mean, <laughs> we did. We said that during rate the rating, rate that rating. I mean, literally the only reason you should give a game anything lower than like a three, in my opinion, let alone a one, is because the game is literally unplayable. Things like what's happening here in Mafia, the game, it won't play properly. That's a big problem. Yeah, and I think it's kind of funny because this game came out in 2010 and they remastered it and it seems like they just couldn't optimize it they i don't know what's going on here mm -hmm. came out on the xbox 360 ps3 people loved it back then i mean it didn't get a great score but 97 percent of people um like this on google users i was checking on the fan base and some people were really looking forward to this but now they're kind of bummed out that it's got these big I don't want to say game breaking, but it is like infuriating bugs. I mean, you can play the game, but you're not gonna have a good time playing it with all this, all this input lag and literal lagging. Yeah. Ma Mafia has had its own cult following for a while, so it's not surprising to me that a lot of people were extremely excited about this. And by the way, I'm looking further into this article. It's not like you're streaming in 4K and, or anything. This is at 1080p, and it's hard to even get a stable 30 FPS. I mean, that's bad <laughs> i don't have any other words for that that's just unacceptable at this point especially i don't know what the original mafia 2 was running at but no one ever complained about it this much so i'm guessing that it ran really well so i'm trying to figure out what the hell happened while they were remastering this game that made this happen right and i would imagine at least 720p i mean it was xbox 360 and ps3 so that's the that's the intro to hd yeah pretty much just crazy that this day and age this stuff still is uh happening i guess maybe they got some crunch going on maybe they thought they could patch it later i don't know what the case is what do you think jp you know it it can be a little bit of this because i'm seeing more that says like there's texture issues that are popping in and out too i mean developers as of late since consoles have really gotten into being able to connect to the internet have really gotten into the habit of maybe putting out a game that isn't completely done or isn't completely bug free with the intention of, okay, we have this release date that we absolutely have to hit. We could always put out a couple patches when people, you know, find these issues with the game. They're kind of putting priority on meeting some arbitrary release date rather than making a game that's actually playable. I mean, that's kind of speculatory at this point. I don't actually know the truth behind why this isn't running well. But if this is just a remaster where the original was working just fine and then it gets remastered and now it's not that's the only thing i can think of is they simply just rushed too much to try and put this out and because of that the product suffered they're not really talking about mafia one or mafia three having all the issues it's just mafia two that's kind of shit at the fan because they're not really giving much more information than that. It's just like, here's the issues. The frame rates are literally making the game unplayable. And it's just like, that's the only thing that I can really think of as to why that might be. Let us know what you guys think. I don't really have much more to add on that one. Anything else you want to say? No, not really. Just um, if you're a big Mafia fan, I'm sorry about that. That, uh, that genuinely is really, really disappointing. Especially because Mafia was really starting to pick up some traction. I mean, Mafia 3, I know, was actually 
actually super popular. So the franchise has been doing really well. And then just this little wobble, it, it really does. It stinks. So I hope they get that fixed. They, they most definitely will probably eventually get that fixed up. But still, sad to see. It's not all gloom and doom, JP. What do you think about this next one? You want to tackle it? Oh, you know I am all about this. So this is an article from Twinfinite.net made by Alex Gibson. All right. April smashes the NPD sales records as Final Fantasy VII Remake and Switch lead the pack. A little bit more into this article. The NPD group's April video game report is out and its analysis highlights some unprecedented figures punctuated by record-breaking spending across the industry. The company's Matt Pisatella. God damn it, I always get these stupid names. I <laughs> get you every time. Damn it. Uh, describes April 2020 as the wildest month he's seen in 15 years of games industry analysis. So then they go on to reference essentially the big one, obviously. We'll get to Final Fantasy VII in a minute. We actually talked about this a couple episodes back, but just the outrageous Nintendo Switch sales that have taken place over the last few months because of the coronavirus. And I mean, I know you're pumped about this, Zach, but I honestly feel like we're beating a dead horse at this point. Right. We can't, We get it at this point. Like the coronavirus sucks. People are stuck inside and the Switch has just been selling like hotcakes because of it. It is astounding to see more people dabble in video games mm -hmm. and um, to grow up and hit $1.46 billion for the month of April is kind of crazy. Not to downplay that at all, because that is still absolutely incredible. It's just more than anything, what this is showing to me is just kind of, you know, how many people were on the fence about buying the Nintendo Switch. And it just took them, you know, being stuck inside for a few months or at the very least not being able to go out as much as they'd like to to kind of finally help them pull the trigger on that. And I'm very happy about that. I've been inside, you know, like uh, Walmarts and Targets and stuff like that since uh, the whole COVID thing hit. I haven't seen a single switch on the shelf. You know, and it's funny you said because like the switch is selling pretty good, but um, so a Switch sold like 808 million thousand, not 808 million. I was pretty, gonna say that'd that's be pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, PS4 actually, even though it has a new one coming out, it sold something like 466 thousand. And we've got some charts down here actually that have come out. They're essentially giving us like the top games that were sold on each one of these consoles in April of 2020. Now that is super interesting. All right. Zach, come on, without looking at this, what was the number one? Animal Crossing. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Crossing New Horizons is the one. Um, number two is Mario Kart 8, which, duh, because if you're going to pick up a Nintendo Switch, Mario Kart is just a staple. But this next one is a little surprising. Just Dance 2020 was number three. Zach, do you have that in your collection? Uh, you know, I, I, it's 50% off right now. I don't know if like when my viewers get to this episode, it's going to still be 50% off, but you know, <laughs> people are trying to find ways to exercise, man. It's hard to do right now. So I can see that as why it's shooting up. But yeah, that one kind of, I was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? Those Just Dance titles on Nintendo products usually sell very, very well. Because Nintendo products are usually perfect for games like that. Right. Number four on that list, uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Again, just another staple for all you new Nintendo Switch owners. Uh, and I'm sure Zach agrees. Come at me. I will take all of you on at the same time. Who's your main right now? I'll give you one hint. His game's coming out this week. Oh, for fuck. Is Shulk? I can see the future. <laughs> and at number five, of course, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I mean, another staple for the Nintendo Switch. In fact, that was the very first game that me and many others got for the Nintendo Switch. Because Breath of the Wild, 
is an outstanding fucking game. Yeah, maybe want to beat uh new uh what is that? Mm, mm, oh my gosh, I can't I can't brain right now, guys. Yeah, braining is hard. <laughs> Remember when it beat Horizon Zero Dawn. There we go. It came to me. Horizon. Yep, it sure did. When I was thinking of Horizon, Animal Crossing came coming to my mind. I was like, oh, God, that's not it. Tom Nook's fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> With the baseball bat. Are you trying to talk PlayStation? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so this is coming from VG Charts, uh, William D'Angelo. But Nintendo Switch did sell 808,000 units, not million. And then PS4 sold 411,000. And even the Xbox One, which, you know, this is not its generation. It sold 329,000 units. That's still excellent. And you know what? With PlayStation and Xbox, I mean, that's outstanding because people know by now that the new consoles are coming out at the end of this year. So they were like, I literally have nothing to do. I need a gaming console. Dude, I'm even checking out Xbox again. I already bought one and took it back right away. I was like, ugh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. So the top five for PlayStation was, of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, NBA 2K20, Grand Theft Auto V, and MLB The Show 20. Two sports games on that list. That's a little surprising. You know what makes my heart happy? At number nine is Persona 5. Oh, you know I'm a big Persona 5 fan. Right, so I think that's hype that, I don't know, I still think Persona is like, I mean, it's kind of mainstream, but JRPGs in general are kind of slept on, so it's good to see that. I guess I shouldn't say that because Final Fantasy VII is the top, but usually JRPGs are slept on. Final Fantasy is iconic, and that's what got it that number one spot for right now, but Persona 5, you know what, that... I feel like that got popular enough, too, to the point... I mean, I just played it off of a friend's recommendation, and I hardly ever do that. You know, you know that, because I still haven't touched Xenoblade. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> just do it already. It's the waiting I can't stand. And then finally, for the Xbox One, number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Come on, Xbox. You guys are such a stereotype. Dude, we know who the Xbox people are out there. <laughs> this isn't surprising in the least. Number three, Grand Theft Auto 5. Number four, NBA 2K20. And okay, number five, Resident Evil 3. I respect that. Now, Call of Duty is always a bestseller. We're not throwing flack at Xbox or anything. It's just, you know, you see that. You think Xbox and shooters and that fit the bill this month. You know, when Fox or CNN is complaining about the gamers, they always show a picture of chunky kid with an Xbox, a bag of Doritos and some Mountain Dew. Screaming about Call of Duty. So I'm just I'm just saying that the stereotype <laughs> Xbox isn't doing us any favors. That's all I'm saying. JP, we might want to cut that part out. man. We're going we're to make a lot of people mad. We're going to make Zar mad. With Doritos. I like Doritos. I like Doritos. <laughs> like Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. So I think kind of a synopsis I want to go is like, we do talk about sales a lot, JP, and you're right. It does kind of sound like we're beating a dead horse, but why are sales so important for like video games? Like, why do you think that's something that we want to keep coming back to? Well, I mean, for one thing, it's important to note how big of an industry that gaming's becoming. And I mean, like, that's not surprising. Someone heard that and said, yeah, no shit. But I don't remember where I heard the sales figures, but I mean, at this point, the gaming industry is, you know, rivaling music and movies and television as entertainment mediums. And it's just like, when you look at these sales, it's just becoming more and more apparent at how much this is just taking over the world. And it has been for a while, so. JP's really big picture with that. With me, I'm kind of just saying like, okay, hey, um, Final Fantasy VII Part One did really good. Now you gotta think that Square Enix is having um, a bunch of people allocate their time. They're gonna make that part two bigger and better. 
you know, it's like you, you can look forward to if your game series is doing well, you'd have to think that your game series is going to keep getting support further down the line because companies like making money. You don't say. <laughs> so it's good to know which ones make the money so you can kind of predict what kind of the future roadmap of gaming is going to have. You're right. I was thinking way too big. <laughs> you know Final Fantasy VII is going to just keep getting hype because now there's going to be a part two. Maybe even a part three, hopefully not, but we'll see. Hopefully not indeed. I, like I said, I'm calling this right now, just like I did a couple episodes ago. Final Fantasy VII is going to probably win game of the year. I'm calling that now, or at least win a few of the awards because it's got The Last of Us 2 to compete with. JP, JP, JP. Look, what are you, what? (laughs) I'm just trolling you. Paper Mario (laughs) and the Origami King. Animal Crossing. (laughs) Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing might win a award. I don't know what. Most family-friendly game, maybe? It's kind of like the Nintendo Award. They might as well call it that. The Nintendo Award. Nintendo, 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 Nintendo. All right, I'm I'm done with this article because next we're actually talking about something I'm very interested in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingdom Hearts Dark Road has been, and bear with me here for all my Kingdom Hearts fans. Delayed. Stop the presses. A Kingdom Hearts game has been delayed. Get out of town. No way. Sarcasm. For those of you that don't know, Kingdom Hearts is notorious for delays. I was in fifth grade when Kingdom Hearts 3 got announced for retrospect, and now I'm teaching fifth grade. So um, can we just, life's full circle, man. I remember when like Best Buy and Target and Walmart and all those websites had Kingdom Hearts 3 on sale for like, you know, a release of December 31st, 2000, you know, at the end of the year, they didn't actually have a release date, but I saw that and I'm like, it's happening. It's really happening. And then 10 years later, I'm still like, it's happening. It's really happening. <laughs> Voice is totally deeper. Full grown beard, got tinfoil hat on. Uh, yeah, beard, because that's definitely something that I can grow on my face. JP, we have Photoshop for a reason. Let the viewers think <laughs> what they want. <laughs> oh, I'm sad. Um, so this was a this was a tweet by Kingdom Hearts, uh, their Dark Road Twitter page, as we're trying to find some means of making a spring release. So like this does suck, and it, it probably is related to COVID, but we definitely want to poke fun in Kingdom Hearts because they are notorious for their delays. You know what? I'm looking at Reddit right now where we found this, and the first comment was, oh no, it's Kingdom Hearts. Let's not act like it would have not been delayed anyways. <laughs> so first of all, Initial thought, I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan, so therefore I'm a little disappointed. Dark Road is just... A mobile spinoff, which was revealed back in January and supposed to be released by spring 2020. Come on, mobile! I mean, I can handle it when you put 365 over two days on freaking, you know, the DS and another game on PSP, but mobile? Come on, man. You don't want to uncover why uh, Xanahort's past and then why he became a Seeker of Darkness? Oh, yeah, because another cohesive part of the Kingdom Hearts story will definitely piece everything together like it wasn't already <laughs> a big convoluted mess. I'm just imagine the meme with that, like, water tank break and the guy slapping some, like, a Band-Aid on top of it. <laughs> we'll make that. That's a good idea. <laughs> it's an action card game. Oh, God. So it literally sounds just like what Zar was, like, crying about earlier. So it, Yeah, it sounds like Chain of Memories, and that game was so terrible with the combat, the combat system, the way the card system worked. It was garbage. All right, so I do have a little bit of speculation about this and more of a question, really. So just like Final Fantasy VII Remake, Kingdom Hearts is developed by Square Enix. And the COVID-19 didn't really stop them very much from finishing up Final Fantasy VII, but now we're having issues with Kingdom Hearts. 
Why do you think that is, Zach? Do you think it was because they were just mostly done with Final Fantasy before this really hit? Yeah, I mean, you got to think big games like Final Fantasy VII, they're pretty planned out. And I mean, there's going to be a few things that people are doing the last few months, like just bug planning and stopping any huge, really problematic issues that could arise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they probably had Final Fantasy VII done in probably December, maybe even November of last year. And it's just making sure that they're all, they have production ready. There's no like game breaking bugs. These games have been planned out. What was the announcement trailer was back in 2015. So you've got to think they've had that game done or pretty much done a while. That's kind of my prediction. I'm sure I'm not in the company, so. No, that, that's fair. I mean, at the last couple of months before games released are used pretty much just for like finding bugs and, you know, very very final finishing touches right there's not really much you can do in that short amount of time besides you know maybe start working on dlc which can infuriate people (laughs) i will say this the last few episodes of the podcast we've been talking a lot about you know gaming companies and their practices towards pushing deadlines on employees and how like destructive that can be for mental health i'm glad to see that square is taking care of some of their employees here with covid right now you can never be too safe so it's glad i'm glad they are keeping track of them because you know they can be kind of squished in their cubicles and i mean it's kingdom hearts i know i just made fun of it being a mobile title but the fact is it's gonna sell once it hits so i know that they it really actually took them saying we're gonna take a little bit of a stand here and we're gonna do the right thing for our employees so i do appreciate that absolutely all right jiffy i stole that one from you you can have the uh, you got the next one oh so this is fucking why you wanted me to do that So what we have next is The Last of Us 2. Finally, we have a little bit more of the gameplay, which was released on May 20th of 2020, just a few days ago. It appears to be a little bit of the gameplay mixed in with some of the commentary of the voice actors of the game. Just showing us a little bit of the world, a little bit of the combat. Of course, we've got some great reaction shots of Ellie here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just showing us what we already know about the game. I'm kind of watching it while I speak here. The combat looks very fluid. The world looks beautiful. I I know I give Sony a lot of flack, but I think it looks like a beautiful game. I, I can tell that they put in a lot of time and effort into this. And it sucks to see that it's had such um, a tumultuous journey to get here it is a beautiful game it looks immersive as all get out and it kind of makes me want to get a ps4 pro but we'll see it's a, it's a good looking game guys i'm excited this is why i'm already calling out this game for a game of the year i mean it's like you just said zach i know we have been giving naughty dog so much flack over the last few weeks for business practices and just like random different occurrences that's been going on but i mean like while you're talking about that it's so you're so unsure about like like what the final product is going to look like. And at least here, we do have a visual representation that the hard work of the developer really is paying off. The game looks really good. Yeah, that's kind of really all I had to add on that. I just want to say like, yeah, we've been kind of crapping on Last of Us Part 2 lately. Not really crapping, but we've been informing the viewers about some deadly, some not deadly, got to be a little dramatic here. We've been informing, <laughs> informing people about some of the awful practices they've had in the industry. But yeah, JP, I think you hit the nail on that, man. Like it's, it's going to be a great game. Assuming there's no game breaking bugs or glitches. And I'm excited to see how the story goes off based off some of the leaks I, I've heard. I'm not going to tell anybody about you know we'll see how it does i don't know if it's gonna win game of the year because i want final fantasy 7 to win it if it comes down to a sony game to be fair final fantasy 7 i believe is really going to be a strong contender as well um and i've been surprised you know what not that it's an exclusive thing i'm surprised every year at the game awards by some of the things that win so naughty dog has such a huge mark that they 
have the expectations to hit here because The Last of Us was such an iconic game. They know that they're juggling fire right now and they need to make this good. And I really think that it looks like it's paying off. So um, one last thing, we are going to link uh, this inside the gameplay trailer onto our Twitter later at Game T Podcast X. Please take a look at the gameplay because if, at the very least, it should get you very, very excited. I think it looks really, really good. All right. So I know that we talked about this a little bit uh, the last couple of weeks, too, but we finally have a little bit of the demo trailer for Marvel's Iron Man VR that is coming out on the PlayStation 4. In fact, it's already out, isn't it, Zach? You can play the demo now, and when you do play the demo, you get this really cool molten skin for uh, Iron Man. Ooh. And JP, you had a pretty cool saying for that. What do skins equal, brother? Skins equal wins, my dude. Fact. Just ask anyone in Fortnite. Even when you lose a game, you're still the best looking. You won the game. This isn't the first time that Marvel's had some type of virtual reality experience on the PlayStation 4. There was a Spider-Man game, just a very, very short game that was available on the PlayStation 4 and still is, I think. But I did play a little bit of that, and that was really, really cool. I'm looking at some of the gameplay for this, which we will also link at the Twitter later. And I think this looks just as fun. Did you look at some of this gameplay here, Zach? Yeah, gosh, it looks gorgeous. I can't imagine it with the VR headset on. It's coming out July 3rd. I'll be over at JP. We playing this. Yeah. Yeah. The real question is in your review, if you don't say this makes you feel like Iron Man didn't do a good job there. Yeah. Was it was it some video that we watched where like every 10 seconds someone like or it was like every reporter was like, it really makes you feel like Iron Man. Yeah. It's donkey just crapping on. I think it was IGN. Yes. Or maybe a game spot. And he goes, 10 seconds, IGN. You couldn't make it 10 seconds without saying it. <laughs> on this one they should probably actually say this actually is virtual reality but <laughs> you best believe we're gonna give them a hard time about it ah still i can't wait to give it a shot it looks like a lot of fun in fact i might try that demo out later just as you should if you have the playstation vr headset which nobody does except for me everyone corner jp's house yeah everyone's invited come on over my mom's making snacks all right so this is by Andy Robinson on Video Games Chronicle. Platinum and Xbox had some kind of rumor of them being purchased by Microsoft. Platinum came out and said, no, that's not a thing. Um, basically, the Wonderful 101 was getting remastered and they kind of did their own Kickstarter so they could self-publish and kind of do their own thing instead of needing someone like Nintendo to help them publish their game. Basically, all they want to do is they want to put the game on the shelf. Like they, they make the game, but then like you actually, there's a process of making sure everyone knows about it and then putting it on store shelves. And so basically they were finding some money to do that. And so this is why I thought this rumor was kind of stupid speculation. Yeah. Because I'm like, why would they just spend all this time kind of getting away from like their dependency on Nintendo to just go ahead and be purchased by Microsoft, but whatever. So here's the uh, quote. I did some rumors about Xbox wanting to purchase Platinum Games, and I thought, people on the internet write the craziest stuff because that conversation has not come to our doorstep at all. That said, we're not Microsoft, so we don't know what happens behind their doors. We don't know if they've had any thoughts about it, possibly. We have not had any talks like it, but I think that if it, even if it was a possibility, we're now going into more independent self-publishing. And then they kind of go on just to kind of save face and make sure they're still being respectful. But it's not that we're just inter interested in Microsoft, but if the relationship were to be us working under their direction, I would feel like that would be the opposite of what we're trying to do now and limit our possibilities. Any opportunities that would limit our freedom, I think we would be against. 
So the first thing I'm thinking is whoever this is that's talking on behalf of Platinum Games, like, I don't know why these rumors are spreading around. The reason why the, it's not so out there that these rumors of an acquisition of Platinum Games is taking place is because we just saw all the different companies that are coming Xbox's way when the uh, Xbox Series X drops. We saw that trailer a couple weeks ago where there was a list of like 50 different companies that Microsoft had acquired to, you know, boost up the Xbox. It's not unfathomable to believe that Platinum Games would be in that boat. That being said, you know, I do respect them for saying, no, 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 we are not going to go that route. We're doing just fine on our own. I mean, don't get me wrong. Money runs the world. And uh, or as my good friend Beyonce once said, money runs the world. <laughs> Your good friend Beyonce? BFF, really. Um, <laughs> tell JC I said hi. Thanks, Beyonce. Okay. Um, <laughs> I see what you're saying, and I guess I didn't really think about, you're right, Microsoft's been buying companies left and right. To me, that's just the reason why the rumors might have been speculating, because the question isn't like whom they've acquired from all of this, but rather who's left standing as their own individual company after this. And Platinum Games is like, hey, we're still doing just fine. I'm taking a look at the list of the games that they've released over the last few years, and I understand completely why they're feeling pretty confident right now. So first of all, all of the Bayonetta games for Nintendo, which are always a big hit, Nier Automata, which was huge, Astral Chain, which Zack loved, The Wonderful 101, uh, Vanquish, Metal Gear Rising, Mad World, a game for The Legend of Korra. The list here goes on and on. They have put out some cool stuff. Um, heck, they even did Star Fox Zero. They are best known for their action games. They know how to make a damn good action game. So you know what? With this track record, I'm not surprised that one, they're coming out in defense of we're not being acquired by Microsoft in any way. But two, they're a little salty about that. I mean, they've got a good track record going right now, honestly. I mean, they're a um, third party publisher. So basically how a third party works is um, they need somebody like Nintendo, Microsoft or Sony to publish their games. And again, like market it and put it on store shelves and have that operating system because they're not out there selling their own game console. There's no platinum game console they can just put it on. And some of that's kind of changing with like the cloud and like Steam. That, that's why you're seeing this rise of indie developers. Yeah, so with third parties, they really need someone like Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo. But what, what Platinum's trying to do is they're trying to become, I don't even know what they're trying to become, but they're really trying to make it so that they're able to be kind of like a Square Enix, I guess. They can kind of release their, their game on whatever console they want. Yeah, they just want to focus on making good games for themselves, I think, rather than adhering to the standards of a different parent company. Right. They don't want to be tied down. Exactly. I do respect that because that's becoming more and more rare as we keep going on in this loop of the video game industry is seeing these standalone third party developers that are making some great games really be like, no, we want to keep doing our own thing. We don't want to adhere to somebody else's rules. I respect that. Oh, Blizzard. Why couldn't you be like that? <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry, buddy. I know you're sad. I'm sad now. <laughs> I'm sad always. <laughs> Let's be sad together, buddy. You want to smash? Yeah, after that, you want to play some Super Smash Bros? <laughs> yeah, that'll make me happy. Do some, do, do some doubles. I like that. I like that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, so that's kind of all we got for articles. You want to go into the video game releases? Heck yeah, I will. I called last four. Okay, okay. So Zach has a lot to say about one of these releases that are coming up this week. And you probably already know what it is if you're an avid listener of the Game Tea Podcast, which I'm sure you are, because who's not? Yeah. <laughs> 
We them boys. All right. So first of all, on May 26th for the PC, the Elder Scrolls Online, Greymore. Everybody knows the Elder Scrolls. Another action game, massively multiplayer online RPG. I mean, it's the Elder Scrolls. It's legendary. Sometimes I feel like the Elder Scrolls is pretty hit and miss, but you know what? I know some people that are excited for this one. So there you go. If you're an Elder Scrolls fan, check that out on May 26th. Next, we have Minecraft Dungeons coming out on May 26th for the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and Switch. This was actually, wasn't this uh, in a Nintendo Direct a few months ago, Zach? It's kind of like one of the last little tidbits. Yep. It was. Yeah, so this, is, uh, this isn't this is going to be your average Minecraft game. It's essentially a dungeon crawler that's been developed by Mojang uh, that takes place in like the art style of Minecraft, but with the twist of being a dungeon crawler, essentially. It's kind of like Diablo cross Minecraft. It's kind of goofy like that. You know what? I'm all for it. I bet this is a pretty big hit. It sounds like, I don't want to say baby's first Diablo to like insult anybody. It's like not that way at all, but it's just one of those really like friendly games that you can get into. And dungeon crawlers are notoriously addictive. So this is a good combination for Minecraft. Minecraft has that Pokemon effect in which whatever you slap the name on that's Minecraft, it's going to be successful. It just will be. I know it's going to be. So, but still, if dungeon crawlers are your thing, by all means, give this a look on May 26. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. Also coming out on May 26, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath DLC for the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC, and Zach, I know you're super worried about this, but don't worry, it is coming to the Stadia. <gasps> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, so just some more Mortal Kombat, one of the most legendary fighting games ever made, is getting a DLC expansion coming out on May 26th. Give it a look if that's something you're interested in. Also on May 26th, Star Wars Episode One Racer coming out on the PlayStation 4. And what does NSW mean? Nintendo Switch. Oh, for... <laughs> sorry. You know what? Fair enough. I, I, you know, I use Switch for the rest of them. So, yeah, that was kind of silly to switch it like you, that. You switched it up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, see, it's all planned up in the noggin, JP. It's all planned in the <laughs> noggin. And I was right. It was coming to Switch way back when. I was like, I'm 90% sure I saw us in a, in a direct. Oh, yep. You, you know what? You were right. You were right. When you're right, you're right, Zach. <laughs> you know, this is pod racing. <laughs> I'm legit excited to see what people have to say about this too. Star Wars Episode One Racer. I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? It's a pod racing game. Right. No, and it, it came out on the N64, so it's just a re-release of that um, from way back when. So this would be like, if you have like fond memories of that, grab a beer, grab a bud, and just have a good time, right? Love it. Absolutely love it. Also coming out on May 26th. Wow, May 26th is going to be a big day. Wildfire coming to the PC. Master the elements in this stealth game where everything burns. Use your elemental powers to start fires, freeze water, and move earth as you outsmart superstitious enemies in this mischievous 2D stealth game. So you're the avatar. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a 2D avatar. <laughs> it sounds hype. That sounds really cool. I wonder if they have some connection with Netflix because like, they just re-released uh, Avatar on Netflix. And I know you've been watching that, JP. I literally haven't seen Kristen in a week. She's been watching it so much. <laughs> so this was some pretty damn good marketing on their part, huh? I think so. I mean, to be honest, I haven't heard much about the game. Uh, Wildfire coming out on May 26. But I mean, from the description, definitely sounds interesting. I can't say that it doesn't. Sounds like something I'd have a lot of fun with, especially I know you don't have the patience for stealth games, but that's right up my alley. I like to go in, guns blazing. Rah. 
Bro, you don't have the patience for stealth games. You know, I played a, <laughs> I played that one section, Jack and Daxter. If they see you once, you get shot and die instantly. Oh yeah, that was annoying. Was that was that Jack Two? I think it was Jack Two. I'm trying to think I'm of what pretty, you were Yeah, doing. I think Jack Two. I don't even remember. I haven't played Jack Two in a few years. Oh, I remember the salt I felt doing that level. So to be fair, I'm not the most patient of people either. Those, I mean, I do like the occasional stealth game, but there's too much stealth. All right, sorry, I had to defend my honor there. But you're right, I'm not very patient. Defend my honor. <laughs> On May 27th, we've got Fantasy Star Online 2 coming to the PC. This is a free-to-play online action RPG in the Fantasy Star series developed and published by none other than Sega. Sega! Good for Sega. I'm glad to see that they're still kicking too. (laughs) I'm glad they're still going strong. (laughs) I guess that's one way of putting it. I mean, they're putting out a somewhat popular game, so it's it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, this came out in 2012 and it never really came to the West. So I don't know if it was some kind of collaboration with Xbox or Microsoft for that's come. Well, if that sounds exciting to you, by all means, give it a try and let us know what you think about it. On May 28th, Fly, Punch, Boom, coming to the Nintendo Switch and the PC. The wildest anime fight. Fly super fast, smash your friends through skyscrapers and break the planet with one punch. One to four players local and two online. I don't know too much about this, Zach. Do you know anything? You know, um, not a lot. Like some of these games are just indies and they're kind of smaller ones that kind of flew under the radar. Um, It sounds like a good time. Flying super fast, smashing with my friends. It sounds like Smash Bros. So I'm, you know, I'm down. It kind of sounds like you remember that game Rampage. I do. It kind of makes you think of Rampage because you're just, I mean, like obviously you're not like the giant animals, but you're smashing through skyscrapers and you're breaking the planet with like a. Gosh, I don't know. I have to look more into that. Fly, boom, punch. It's just never a bad time to get into indie developers. They've been getting more and more traction as of lately. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the gaming industry right now. You don't have to be a triple A developer to put your game out in the world and have it enjoyed by people. The indie developers are really, they've been in the spotlight for the last few years. So I really can't wait to see what they keep on doing. Right. And one big pro is like, usually these games are like, $20 at max. So they're a third of the price of most actual games. So that, yes, precisely. Once you find one that you can really sink your time into, you really feel like you got your things worth. On May 28th, Poly Bridge 2 for the PC is coming out. This is an acclaimed bridge building indie hit. It's basically a physics-based game where you build bridges and try and do things with those bridges. There's more levels, more features, and much more in this game. I, you know what? I I can dig that. I feel like there's a game for everything at this point, don't you? Oh, yeah. Whatever you're in. There's a game for everybody out here. The, even the saltiest person on this planet is like, you know what? I've always wanted to build a bridge and see if it'll hold this up. Like, well, if I got a game for you, Grandpa. Or they can go and play Dark Souls if they're really that salty. That'll, that'll, <laughs> we'll see what breaks first, their spirit or their switch. Or their bridge. <laughs> or their bridge. <laughs> All right. These uh, next four got me uh, pretty excited. All right. I told Zach I would give him these last four releases on May 29th. Zach, take it away. Uh, JP. You've been hyping up Bioshock a lot, so I'm excited to dabble on this one. Bioshock the Collection is coming to Nintendo Switch on May yep. 29th. Mm-hmm. And you should be insanely excited, because I know I am. You know, I'm excited for that game, but I'm more excited for a, another game. But it's it's fine. It's fine. I, I will have to. I'm, I'm honestly wondering where I'm going to get the time for Bioshock, because isn't that a long game? It's not terribly long. The pro- There's three of them, though, right? So, I mean, like... 
yeah. Bioshock the Collection is essentially the three Bioshock games, Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite all coming in a collection. And that collection was released a few years ago for Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah, but we don't talk about them. Keep going, though. <laughs> anyway, it's finally coming to the Nintendo Switch. And yeah, um, I love those games. They are shooter games that take place in an underwater world. Well, two of them do. But the premise of the game is basically they're shooter games. You find these awesome worlds, meet some cool people, and it's wonderful. It really is. If you haven't heard about Bioshock by now, I don't know what you're doing. So to be fair, though, for Zach, yeah, I don't know with these other releases you're about to talk about when you're going to find time to play Bioshock, but good luck to you, sir. Yeah, so like on my totem pole of my these next four games, this is number three for me. Like this is I'm hyped for it a lot. Like I'm not trying to undersell us at three. Um, I'll talk about my number four game. So the game that I'm least looking forward to, but it's not bad by any means. Um, it's XCOM 2 collection. Okay. Um, basically, you're uh, trying to stop aliens from destroying the world. And a strategy game kind of similar to Fire Emblem, but not really. It's one of those duck and cover games that's like turn-based. XCOM is genre-defining, and it's awesome. It's just not necessarily my cup of tea. But if that is what you're excited for, I am so excited for you because you get to play this on your Switch. Wherever you go, you can just break this out and um, play it literally anywhere so that's something to look forward to sure that's my fourth game bioshock's my third game that i'm looking forward to speaking of my wallet is um very sad right now that i'm talking but anyway oh yeah these are all gonna be 60 dollars <laughs> releases 50 dollars, okay jp $50. oh i'm i'm sorry <laughs> after taxes you're totally right though okay anyway <laughs> um and then we have my number two game that i'm super hyped for that i really want to play and i don't know how i'm gonna have time for this but borderlands Legendary Collection is coming to the Nintendo Switch. And that includes JP. Hell yeah. That includes Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, and then Borderlands the prequel sequel, which it takes place after the first one, but before the second one, right? I say that right? Uh, It's, yeah, essentially that you got that right. Yeah, Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2, legendary games. Everybody loves Borderlands coming to the Nintendo Switch. The pre-sequel, yeah, it, you got the placement of that game right more shooter games the art style is phenomenal the setting is phenomenal the gun collection in that game is phenomenal it is one of the most fun shooters you will ever play i don't know why i'm even saying that everybody knows what Borderlands is so yeah us nintendo boys who have been uh in the dark for so long we have a lot of light coming from 2k games thank you 2k games for bringing these awesome games to the switch your patience is finally paying off zach it is my wallet is sad but my heart is happy maybe you could sell krista's engagement ring <laughs> no, <laughs> I like living. <laughs> and these are all coming out on the Nintendo Switch and on the May 29th. And this last game, if you listen to the pod, you guys know how excited I am for this game. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Sure is. Wow. Guys, I, I bought it. I had a new 3DS. I shouldn't say I bought a new 3DS just for this. I was playing through um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. So yeah, so retrospect. I had a switch. It was like 2018, I think. I was at JP. We, I was with JP, and we were at a game store. And I saw it there, like on sale for like 30 bucks. And I was super hyped. And I was like, "Oh, I just got done playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I want to play like the one before that, so I can get immersed in this world again." Mm -hmm. And there's just something about having your switch and trying to go back to like playing on your Game Boy or playing your 3DS. The magic is kind of gone. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm so spoiled with my switch. Do you ever feel that way, JP? Kinda. Yeah, I do understand where you're coming from. There are some times where I do like to go back to the 
the 3DS for particular games, like, you know, the Pokemons or a couple other titles. But for the most part, you're 100% right. Obviously, Xenoblade Chronicles is a game that was on the Wii. And um, so they ported it to the 3DS. So there were some compromises. It was it was a little bit blurrier. I mean, it's not like a, it wasn't bad looking. It was just a it was the 3DS game. So they can only look so good. Right. And so I never actually got around to finishing it. The one thing I told Krista, I was like, Gosh, I just wish they would have bring this to the Switch. Like, how cool would that be if I could just see the world all up on there? Because I missed it on the Wii. I missed it on the Wii U because I was a fool. My, my, I don't want to say prayers, but my dreams were answered. We're finally getting this remastered beauty on the Nintendo Switch and updated graphics, updated soundtrack. Plenty of quality life enhancements. Guys, this game came out in 20, um, 2010 at the end of the Wii's life cycle. And it is still up there. I mean, Final Fantasy VII probably is going to take the cake for it. But it is one of the best JRPGs of this decade. And it came out all the way back in 2010. You are doing yourself a disservice if you like RPGs and you don't try Xenoblade Chronicles. Zach has been hyping this up before even the definitive edition was announced. I mean, he's been talking about Xenoblade. So, you know, he gave me Xenoblade 2 for my birthday about a month ago, but I'm probably going to end up picking this up as well. I mean, it's about time I see what's going on here. I highly recommend you do the same because the hype train is here, baby. And you know what's funny? Like you guys, you guys uh, hopefully know what Reddit is. If you don't know what Reddit is, awesome app. I love using. Just- if you don't know what Reddit is, can I just ask what is sex like? <laughs> <laughs> Please get on Reddit. Reddit is so worth it. You should definitely be checking that out. When you go into the Xenoblade Chronicles uh, Reddit page, you see nothing but passionate fans. When I was reading those Metacritic reviews of Xenoblade. Nobody said it was a perfect game. They were telling you there are some issues with these games, but everyone was still giving it that 10 out of 10, that 9.5 score. There is a reason there is such a passionate fan base, and I really hope that you take the time to come enjoy this game with me and get immersed in the world, because this will definitely be a rate that rating episode that I'm sure won't backfire big time. Oh, good God. Oh, that's some good confidence, Zach. So that's coming out on May 29th. Zach has been hyping this game up for weeks. I'm really excited to finally give it the try that it deserves. I hope a lot of you listening will do the same. I'm excited for all the Switch owners out there. We talked about a lot of great games coming out earlier there, but those last four are huge. Yeah, it's hype. It is hype. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of been barren since Animal Crossing came out. So it's nice to have some more games coming in can never get enough of your Tom Nook fix. Like I got a little vein right here for Tom Nook, but everything <laughs> else, I'm excited to get a new uh, new passion for a little bit. I hate to say it, Animal Crossing had its time in the spotlight, but it, it, it's about time that it's gone. I mean, I know I've gotten a little bored with it. I think some other people have too. I'm ready for the next big thing. And I think Xenoblade might just be the thing to hold me over until I finally get The Last of Us 2. Yeah, Last of Us 2 was so scared, dude. They, they left Xenoblade alone. You know, you know how it is. <laughs> Whatever. Thanks, Sony. Appreciate you. that's all that's all i got i'm i'm so excited please try this game yeah absolutely uh like we said we are going to uh put some of the videos that we talked about earlier in this episode onto twitter at game t podcast x feel free to get over there take a look at those videos see what you think uh don't forget with that we do have some polls that are open from the last episode where we talked about some of gaming's biggest questions it is not too late to vote on those either we would love to see your feedback we like to know what our viewers think because you guys are awesome you guys are everything to us for the first episode that's coming out next week we will be thanking our new patreon supporters so get ready for that as well 
and become a patron if you want to be included in that. All right. With all of that said, Zar, is there anything you want to say? Oh, wait. Zar's not here. How long has Zar not been here? <laughs> oh, I miss him. I thought he was here doing things. I don't know. Talking about Microsoft? Is that what he likes? Uh, I don't even know what he likes. I just. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Bye.